Fix Insider October 13th. Merchant. A live stream from Alibaba's Taobao Live got 5.3 meters viewers, because Lionel Messi was the guest. This blurring of entertainment and shopping is taking off and we expect to see a huge focus over Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Partly because traditional e-com seems to be flatlining and because TikTok are incentivizing live shopping, offering marketing support to creators running live events, for at least 90 minutes, who can achieve at least $2,000 in sales. Even Twitter have signed a deal with Paris Hilton to do four live shopping events over the next year. She is quite active already with Talk Shop Live where she is live shopping her own kitchen range. Another major Chinese influence on merchants and commerce is the rise of Shine and Temu. In a good interview the US head of strategy for Shine explains their business. The key to our success is something we call the on-demand business model, which is a marriage of two technical systems. One is an audience engagement system, and the other is a digital-enabled supply chain. The combination of those allows us to do something that is really pioneering in the fashion industry, which is to focus on demand versus supply. What we can do is assess and project what demand will be for a particular product category. The net effect of this is to reduce inventory waste into the very low single digits. Perhaps the biggest story this week could be reports that Amazon is talking with Waitrose about an online grocery deal. Amazon already offered groceries from Morrison's, Iceland and Co-op so it would seem to be about Waitrose looking for more customers. A few years ago there were rumors that Amazon tried to buy Waitrose, could a deal now go a bit deeper and see Waitrose walk away from all those expensive vans and let Amazon do delivery? Tesco are thought to be planning a marketplace, which would be good as additional volume and a boost for their ads business. As the delivery market softens we see dark kitchens suffering, with the news UK startup box is on the verge of collapse as investors decline to pour more money in. I mentioned the sale of Blue Apron to Wonder last week and their issues are examined in this good Wall Street Journal video, why Blue Apron and HelloFresh cannot keep their customers. On customer acquisition the new Nest report is good insight, and is very positive about Meta saying they continue to deliver significantly improved results, citing lower ad rates and better targeting. And our friends at Phosphor can now go deep on upper funnel spend and show the impact, with a new report detailing their learnings. Loyalty The other side of customer acquisition is retention and whilst loyalty is out of fashion with the How Brands Grow Disciples we continue to see business do really well from well-run loyalty schemes. But as our friends at Eagle Eye point out, Retailers must operate as loyalty companies, not businesses with a loyalty scheme. In quick service restaurants loyalty schemes are being pushed more. Why? Loyalty has become a key component in chains marketing strategies and for good reason. Loyalty customers tend to come into restaurants more frequently and they spend more when they do. Companies get more information on their loyalty members and can market to them more directly. The opportunity to harvest first-party data is going to keep loyalty current. Social. Demand gen ads from Google are touted as their answer to social ads with features like lookalike. After successfully trialing, the new product is available to all advertisers. TikTok used to prefer posts created in their app but recognizing the surfeit of new features across the app landscape will now enable direct posting from Adobe, Twitch and others as well as ByteDance's own CapCut. Direct post also allows scheduling of posts from other apps. In the latest good TikTok creative newsletter we look at how compare the market uses the platform. I am really interested in how social platforms are seeing NPCs, non-player character, like Pinky Doll emerge as a category of live streamer just as we see Meta launching numerous AIs. These are utilizing the physical and audible identities of public figures but taking on entirely different personas. Is this a new form of acting, powered by technology? Pinky Doll already makes $000s and is quite addictive, the Meta ones look much more compelling. I expect we will see lots of regretted time here. 
Web3. When NFTs were the next big thing a number of football clubs launched their own, usually with a sound strategy of using them as ways of connecting with loyal fans. Inevitably some schemes were caught up in the get-rich-quick trading and the government is now warning against them. Someone should tell them NFTs are now unfashionable. Following the big Roblox event this report is a good summary of what was announced. We are just completing a Roblox project for a client and it's been fascinating learning about the platform and the way the audience uses it. What is Web3, McKinsey Explainer? Newf. The return of Bob Iger has coincided with the company facing many issues and now activist Nelson Peltz has increased his stake in Disney and is pushing for board seats. But it's not clear what he wants Disney to do. Last time job cuts and cost reductions seemed enough. As well as rumors Iger may sell the legacy TV business, an exit from India seems possible with Blackstone talking about taking a stake. But this deal and ways of making more from the theme parks are not the headlines Iger needs to repel pelts. Iger seems more likely to swing for the fences with some new audacious move and in a good Bloomberg piece on the challenges he faces, it reports some execs are encouraging him to move into gaming with a big acquisition, mentioning EA as a possible target. But an FT article raises another fascinating opportunity. It suggests Japan should put Nintendo for sale and speculates Microsoft as the natural partner, pointing out. Nintendo holds the world's most valuable entertainment intellectual property, Pokemon and Mario, that are not owned by Disney, Mickey Mouse, Marvel, Star Wars. In an entertainment market that seeks ever greater depths of immersion, it is a consummate world builder. That sounds like the sort of deal Iger loves. The FT asks how will TV streaming wars end? Lamenting the slowdown in new content over recent years, it quotes the anchor's Richard Rushfield. The result were staring in the faces fewer, bigger companies, less risk, less competition, less creativity and far, far fewer jobs, Rushfield believes. All driven by tech goliaths that are manifestly hostile to many of the main tenets of the industrial experience. The LA Times looks at the business from the other end, the cheap streaming era is over. Here's why your bills are going up. The same issue is discussed in the Puck podcast with a Bloomberg writer talking about how Netflix still has the best prospects, and how so many companies want to grow their ad layer. Content is still being hoovered up by Netflix with the animated Star Trek shows moving after Paramount cancelled it. The big movie of the season isn't on Netflix though, the new Scorsese movie is being shown on Apple, after the three-and-a-half-hour film has had a cinema run. That's not the only positive news for cinemas, the FT asked can Taylor Swift and Beyonce save the year for cinemas? Swift's concert movie opens today, 13th, and Beyoncé is scheduled for December. Also worth reading the need on Beyoncé's silvery, shimmering renaissance. A former Google and YouTube exec shares good insight on this week's YouTube festival. Retail Media Ad, Age Share a Good Guide to Retail Media, updated to reflect recent moves. The Mars Agency has a universal tool for the effective assessment and comparison of retail media platforms, and produces a retail media report card. GAFA. I used to talk a lot about how Apple systematically removed Google Apps from the iPhone, by stopping pre-installing. So the one window Google now has on iPhone users is through search. The value of their deal with Apple is much debated but it's undoubtedly good business for both sides. I always felt that at some time the Apple privacy push would dictate the removal of Google, but there is no adequate replacement. In the Google antitrust trial it's a big topic and its value is much debated. The DOJ thinks the deal is around $10 billion, roughly where industry consensus has it, but bankers Bernstein suggest the value is actually between $18 and $20 billion. It turns out Google CEO Sundar Pichai thought the deal was bad optics back in 2007 and argued to have an alternative choice available, then suggesting Yahoo.
Options have been much discussed with both Microsoft and DuckDuckGo agitating for change. At one point, CEO Tim Cook was presented with four potential options. Build Siri into a more full search product. Collaborate on a knowledge graph-based platform with Microsoft. Invest directly in Bing and turn it into a native search product. Or acquire Bing from Microsoft. Those options all came with two concerns. Competing directly with Google's excellent search product and the fact that doing so would almost certainly end the billion-dollar revenue-sharing deal between the two companies. AI. Benedict Evans has an excellent essay describing the challenges of AI. Right now, ChatGPT is very useful for writing code, brainstorming marketing ideas, producing rough drafts of text, and a few other things, but for a lot of other people it looks a bit like those PCs ads of the late 1970s that promised you could use it to organize recipes or balance your checkbook, it can do anything, but what? And his battleships analogy is spot on. A smart meta-exec says AI has already changed how advertising works. Someone plays around with DAL3, TLDR, impressive but not quite up to mid-journey. Google insiders question usefulness of BART. The first shots have been fired in the deepfake battle over the US presidential race. A. Facebook video of Biden prompts probe into meta-content policy. Expect similar problems in UK politics too. Media buying briefing a comprehensive look at the holding company's AI strategies and investments to date, Digiday. Meta launches new generative AI ad tools for brands, at age. Spotify's AI voice translation pilot means your favorite podcasters might be heard in your native language. Bill Gates-backed startup launches AI chatbot for personalized movie, book picks, Wall Street Journal. Introducing the new Ray-Ban, Meta Smart Glasses. How people can create, and destroy, value with generative AI, BCG. Agencies. A new report from the World Federation of Advertisers has caused some controversy. Titled The Future of Media Agency Models, Change is Coming It says just 11% of respondents believe their current agency model fits their future needs, while 24% believe it is unfit for future purpose. Ouch. Lots of the issues covered will be familiar to fix readers and this sentiment from a WFA member resonates. We are desperately short of people who can connect the dots, talk across our different touch points, and challenge us to think differently. Everything has become far too channel-centric and executional. It's very interesting that most of the agencies quoted agree they are not fit for future purposes. Veteran media agency Brian Jacobs has some smart thinking on how agencies can adapt. And much of the work I am doing with Gray Hair Works and Grace are projects that once would have gone straight to an agency but often clients want a more agile partner. Plus plus. Google slash smartphones, price, not AI, will lift Pixel's market share, FT. Billionaire bets that a $12 mobile phone can get more of the world's most populous country online, Wall Street Journal. Amazon's decision to shutter its ad server next year is a major win for Google. 2024 Media Trends, Dentsu. How much is the Telegraph worth? FT. Saudi Arabia pours millions into digital theme park startup, FT. X is testing new paid membership tiers to compensate for poor ad revenue, Verge. The looming data center crunch, FT.